This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Episode 51 of The Blathering. This I know. I know the numbers, kids. Exciting news. Well, vague news. Uh, I finally have a a t-shirt design that I'm happy with. It's so simple. It's just this hopeful design, and it's going to be unveiled on my uh, burly chest. I didn't say buff chest. I said burly chest, though I do lift my weights. Okay, friends. It's going to be unveiled at Star Wars Celebration London. I'll be walking around with it, but it's also going to be a stage shirt. Like, I kind of want to wait to the stage when I do the the, the stand-up show with Joseph Scrimshaw uh, Sunday, April 9th. Uh, pretty much a sold-out show. Thank you all. But I, I just have a feeling I'm going to want to wear it around the convention floor. So uh, it's going to be unveiled there. You'll see it in photos. You'll, you'll see me smiling. Yay, the shirt. And then I'm going to make it available on my Patreon page for the merch levels, which I do have enacted. Uh, maybe one, I think we're going to go for the gusto and go like a shirt and a coffee mug. Uh, I think that's what we're going to do. I, I looked at stickers when I first brought up the merch, adding it to the Patreon and then Joseph, we just did this for Four Center. Joseph Scrimshaw had a great idea, well, a, a thought, I should say, uh, to our idea and about our idea of merch on Four Center. Uh, the way for uh, it works at Patreon, you pledge three months. After three months, they handle all the merch. They make the the, the merch. They 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 print it. So they put it out. They put it together. They glue it, whatever, and then they mail it to you. And we don't have to worry about it. Because that's been a problem. It's just, that's a lot of work. A lot of storage space in your house. They handle it. But, you know, it happens after you have stayed on for three months. And then we were offering a sticker at Force Center. And Joseph wrote me one day. He goes, you know, I feel bad about a $30 sticker. And I said, you know, I agree with you. So I was going, I was just close to unveiling that for uh, the Ken Napsack. Hey, that's me, Patreon page. Uh, But I've uh, pulled that back. The merch uh, is still there. The tears are still there. But a new shirt design, Brian Ward put something together for me. So simple. It probably took him two minutes. He probably was cooking some top ramen on a stove and just went over and went click, click, and it was done. But it's I love it. I'm in love with it. And, I, and I'm excited. Now, why does every episode of The Blathering start with me discussing business? I know that probably um, upsets some folks. No, no one's been upset. Uh, it probably confuses you. But just bear with me. Bear with me. I sometimes like to start with business or a little bit more of just the, hey, I'm doing a podcast. And it, it, it helps me calm myself, remind, be center, be where I'm at. And I think that's important because it's an overwhelming time. And not just in our podcast, uh, the blathering ongoing theme of, oh, everything in the world. I'm just, everyone around me, everyone I work with, everyone I know, everyone I love and care for, 
is overwhelmed and it's varying degrees and it's not the time. This is not the conversation for, hey, there's starving kids in other parts of the world. So eat your vegetables and don't complain, which is valid. We were all kind of raised on that. I think it was used, you know, it was a bit of a excuse. They used the kids suffering as an excuse to make us eat our vegetables. But, you know, putting that aside. Uh, I actually, it's not the time for that. Everyone, everyone. And I can make uh, the jokes to myself mostly that, hey, this is how life is. It doesn't necessarily get any easier. It's not supposed to get any easier. It's how you deal with it. It's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you get back up when you fall off your bicycle. I think that's the quote from um, Rambo, right? No, so... I just, I, so I want to send love out. I want to be positive. I want to sit here in the blathering tonight and just say, we're all in this together. I don't know if those words mean anything. I really don't. I really don't. But sometimes I think we just need to hear them. And I don't know about you. Sometimes I've gotten better at over the, over the, over the years. I just condolences. When you see someone on Facebook, uh, you know, maybe you haven't been around them in a while but they post something and it's heart-wrenching and they're going through something and you can't go back in time and become better friends with them or stay friends with them. But you just like, you post like something. I always do the much love thing because I mean, it. it's like much love, man, much love. It's, it, it's, I don't, I don't want it to ever become like some hollow catchphrase, but you know what I mean? Like, and I used to, I just don't know what to say. That used to be me. I don't know what to say. We, none of us know what to say. And I don't think it's the words. I think it's the act. Thinking of you is a text that means a lot. How you doing sometimes requires an answer, but it's okay to ask it. Sometimes I don't want to answer that. How you doing? I want to die. How you doing? Like, you know, and and at a party, I just, I've, I've gotten better just going, I'm good. At two parties this past weekend. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. But that was the thing. At, everyone saw through that bullshit. This party was at uh, Friday night where I knew most of the people there. Anytime I had that conversation with people I'd seen maybe a couple weeks ago or people I haven't seen for years. I, I had all camps and, and everything in between was at this party. I don't want to be it was Kate Mulligan's birthday party. and It was a great time. And I saw a lot of different folks, stand-up folks from years past and people I used to work with in the digital media business and or just don't see as much. And we all had that. We all had that. Natasha Leone from Poker Face Bullshit Meter Up. Bullshit. Uh, so we all had, those are good conversations, but I've learned to like pull back. Well, I, I kind of want to die. I, I'm I'm near bankruptcy. I don't know how to get out of it. I applied for some jobs. I didn't get it. I was up for some writing gigs. Didn't get it. Uh, my shows aren't doing well, but I love what I'm doing. I wake up every morning happy. I wake up every morning happy and content and look at look at what I do and go, it's hard, but this is the life that I dreamed of and I'm trying to make it a reality. I'm going to scrape, I'm going to fight, but I am depressed and sometimes I just stare at a wall and go, can I put my head through it or would that even help? And sometimes it just nothing, nothing seems like it's working. And then I look outside my own house or my own soul and the world just crushes me and I don't know. And they go, oh, uh, cool, I... Um, I'm going to go over the taco uh, bar. Good day to you, sir. I, I, You know, I don't want to be that guy. Don't be that guy. But it felt good to be at a party where we're all like, we don't know what's going on. And haven't for the last three, four, five years. And I'm not, I'm not tying that to anything. 
any one event, any one political <laughs> incident or tragedy, the lockdown. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, it's just been like this. I, I the, the the pandemic and the lockdown almost was like this other the side effect of what was already going on. Just the world starting to spin out of control. We all we're all feeling it. And I'm, I'm talking. I had friends, and you have to you have to feel this too. You have to feel this when you're going into work. Or you're, or you're catching up with family, or, or we're all dumbfounded. And look, lock, the lockdown hasn't helped. That, that that's just effed with my brain time wise. I uh, the jokes about it, 2019 seems like last year. Yeah, it really does. I can't comprehend that we're in 2023 more than any other year switch in my life. But it's it's more than all that. You know what I mean? It just we're all kind of dumbfounded. Is this is this it? Is this it? And through those moments, we've got to push through. We got to push through. I really believe that. That's 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 that could be easily taken as a hollow word, but we got to push through. We gotta we gotta we gotta fight. I do feel this is on um, my heart. I do. I've, I want to. I want to talk about this. There. Uh, I always talk about life being uh, driven by fear, controlled by fear. People in f- power sell fear. Um, the idea of change is scary. And I had this dumb little lesson that hit me today. It's a dumb little, you're all thinking I'm going to make this up that, oh, Ken, you knew you had a podcast coming. So you, you crafted this silly little poem of a story. I grew up afraid of a lot of things. Just my nature, um, a fear of trying new things. I don't even think it's a fear of failure. It's just a, a fear of, hey, myself, I am I am out here and, and people are seeing me. And, and, and it's weird to say as a performer. But when I fail as a performer, when I fail as a even a podcaster, but especially a comic, um, especially uh, you know, on a dance, it hit me on a dance floor. I was at this party. It was a karaoke party, a great live band called the Moon Units doing karaoke. And I've never done karaoke, but I I kind of want to. I really wish I could. I, I and it's not about whether I, have, I don't have a good singing voice, but it's like I, I just it's beyond the singing voice. Because trust me, most people will get up there on a karaoke stage. It definitely ain't the voice, but it's a free spirit. I, I've said this phrase before. I sometimes feel as and, and this is part of the dumbfounded feeling I have in my brain the last couple of years. I just feel tied to the dock, like a boat, just moored. Just is that the term moored, the moops, uh, just tied around the 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 the, the pillar of, of the pier, and I can't get away. And I, I drift out a little bit, but then I get in. I get outside myself, and I see myself not as others see me, but I see myself as I fear they see me. And some moments that uh, you know that's uh, go. We had a big drinking conversation in the blathering last week, but. It's a it's a fine line to ride, and again, never encourage anyone to drink alcohol if it's not uh, something that's good for you in your life. But like, I, that's why I'm a little bit of I need two drinks kind of guy, because it un it unmoors me, it, it it removes the 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 thing that's tying me to safety, and in those moments I feel more myself. The 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 blathering. This show came about on my Patreon page. Because I had a ton of fun doing Saturday Night Napsuck. And, and that ain't done in my mind. I miss those characters. At any point, they're going to burst it out of my soul. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily working. Or I just felt it just was taking a toll on me. 
this kind of felt though where I needed to go. Be a little and more honest than anything I've ever been. There was a very nice comment I got on my YouTube page. Oh, we're going. The threads might be lost. Still got, I, I even wrote one. I wanted to talk about this story because it really happened. So I'll get it back to. But I got a nice comment on the YouTube page. Well, I think it was a nice comment. Actually, I'm going to take it as a nice comment. I don't know if it was, but if you're listening and it was, clarify. <laughs> Just let me know. Yeah, thumbs up. I meant it nice. But someone, I put a clip out of uh, one of the Blathering episodes, which I do. I said, I, I warned you. I warned you I was going to do it. I did it. And they were like, bring back TNF a hotline which was uh, one of the old podcast shows I did where I had the Google line. You could leave a voice message. I, I download the voice message, drop it in the podcast, and I'd answer your questions. It, it would start a discussion, which is a show I love doing. I don't even think that Google voice number is active anymore. I have to check that out. Um, and so I think we can find ways to do that. But I want to do it now as a blathering. I'm in a different spot. And the blathering was designed. It was me going, don't think don't get outside of yourself. Podcasting is always a form of entertainment. It's always a form of performing, but in a way which I maybe never have done before. And I've, I've talked about depression and suicidal thoughts and had my therapist on the show, all those kind of things. But just be more yourself. The guy that sips a rum and coke and gets a little loose, whiskey too, that, that guy for me, again, again, not endorsing drinking as an answer to any problems. I don't want anyone to confuse me on that. But it removes something that is there permanently, or at least feels like it's permanent every second of my day. And I, it's a matter of me, and it's not depression, it's, it's not uh, you know, stubborn, all those other things I deal with, yes, but it's just this weird thing I've always had. That standing up in front of a crowd sometimes allows me to control it, right? Sometimes I feel if, if 40 eyes are watching me, I'm more comfortable than being uh, one of the eyes in a, in a party where, where I just don't feel like I belong and I can't control the conversation, not in this egotistical way, but it's just the only way I feel safe. If, I, if you're watching me and I can kind of control it, then I feel I feel safer about the situation versus a party. Anything can happen. Um but it's in those moments that I fail the most. And it's not just on stage. It hits me more when I'm off stage. But I know the moments on stage. And going to this party, I was I I do love I'm not I'm not, I'm not a good singer. I'm just a singer and a rock and roll band. I'm not a singer. I'm definitely not a dancer. And my whole life though, I looked at people on the dance floor and I thought, hot damn, that looks fun. Every wedding, family wedding, friend's wedding. Look at that. These folks are having fun. I'd like to do that, but that ain't for me. Now, I have a father that doesn't dance, and I, I don't need my dad to dance if he doesn't want to. But every every family wedding that we went to, it was like dad sat there. My mom does like My mom's actually a good dancer. She loves to dance. She's 73. She, still, she teaches uh, classes. Uh, you know, exercise classes, and she just had a dance one. She had a guy, a young kid came in dancing with her, and she sent me the pictures. And I, I, I'm, I'm always going to be proud of my mom for that. Always proud of that. My dad's a little, you know, I got, the, I, I have the two sides. Two wolves inside of us. I got the two parental influences side. Um, and the dad, the dad, God bless my, just a solid, nice human being. He's always going to be sitting down at the table going, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I don't have fun. 
I guess fun in his own way. But yeah, yeah. And so I, my whole life, and, and I'm telling you, I used to sit there and stare out on the dance floor, watching cousins dance and everything. We're not, we're not talking. You know, not John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, were, or Finola Hughes from uh, Staying Alive. That no one was out there dancing like that. It was just, for most part, you know, drunk white people dancing. And I just, I was like, I, I, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to do that. I never did. And I literally was like, I can't do it. But it wasn't like, oh, I don't know how to dance. It was just this thought, this voice in my head said, you got to stay close to the shore. You got to stay tied to those docks so you don't drift far too far out in the ocean because then people will see you and you can't hide from it. You can't hide from being your pure self. And as a stand-up, the nights when it goes bad, that's what it feels like. Suddenly, I'm not a comic on stage. Suddenly, I'm not a performer with 25 years of varied performances, uh, experiences under my belt. It's I suddenly am like the 12-year-old kid who's on a dance floor and doesn't want, doesn't want people to see. But he wants to do it. He wants to be here. He just can't break away. And I have a friend. I have an old friend. I haven't talked to her in years. Her name was, name, her name was Rhonda. And we worked together. She was an operations manager at one of my jobs. And we were at a company party, my company's party. She was a client. And it was a great event. And I used to, I used to perform at this party every year from like 2001 or two on. 2001 on, I, I, they, my company would hire me. They'd pay me cash, cash money on the table. And I'd be, I'd be the entertainment for the company party. And the crowds got bigger as the company grew. I went from, I performed in front of a hundred people to 200, 300. Like I had like 400 people. I was doing silly stuff, doing characters. And I wasn't embarrassed. I was roasting my bosses. It was great fun. And then I'd perform and I go maybe clean up in the bathroom real quick, sit back down. And by this time, I'm even having some drinks in my life. And then the dancing would start, and I'd sit down. I'd be like, well, that was my my. I had my fun for the night. You all have yours. I'll just uh, oddly watch y'all. I'll, I'll have some small talk with some people I don't really even know or love. But you all have fun on the dance floor. And in around two thousand four, I'd switched locations at my job, and I, and so now I was at the party again. But now it was a different situation. It was with these new clients I was working with in Hollywood for the same company. Same security company. And this wonderful friend of mine, wonderful woman, Rhonda, um, <laughs> refused to accept I don't dance as an answer. She refused to accept it from me. And now I, there was one incident I had in 1999-ish. I was at a friend's wedding and and uh, um, the, bri the bride, I said the bride. I didn't say like the bride's best, the bride came up to me and was like, hey, let's dance. Come on. And, and like, and like started to like pull me to the dance floor. I about socked her. I got to tell you. <laughs> and that's, that, I don't mean to be light about that, but that was like, I had that reaction. I was like, dude, dude, let me go. Like, and she backed off. She was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and that's, that's how much, let me phrase it this way. That's how much I wanted to dance but was afraid to. It wasn't that I didn't. I was so afraid of, of removing, stepping away from that dock that what if I went out there and I had fun and people saw me doing that. So here it is six or seven years later. I'm at this holiday party and my friend, um, I remember she slammed down a drink in front of me and said, take it and we're fucking getting on the dance floor. 
And I've never stopped dancing since. Occasionally, sometimes I'm not feeling I don't dance at every wedding now. But like 2004 on, you invite Ken to a wedding, get ready. He's got to get drunk and do some white man dancing on your dance floor. And it feels good, right? It feels good. But I think over the last couple of years, just, you know, the overwhelmed nature, the dumbfounded feeling I have, some of that stuff has started to return. Some of that stuff has started to return. So I was at this party Friday night and hot damn, I went out to the dance floor for a song and there wasn't a ton of people dancing, which look, can be nerve wracking. It's hard to be the first to start it, but there's some people out there and I went out there and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't serving anybody. I just went out there and started rhythmically dancing with my drink and I suddenly felt it. I can't be out here. This is this is embarrassing for me. I I I I'm too I, I I'm in my head and I and I got beat red. Which look, dancing is a physical activity that does turn me red because it strains me so. And I like ran back to my uh, table, and everyone was doing karaoke. And I've always wanted to in my head. I'm like I, I'd love to just do some karaoke. I never can. I'm tied to the dock. And Grace being the insightful person that she was, she kept saying, she goes, I know you, I can see it in your face you want to. Get up there and do it. Other friends of mine were doing it. You ever hear Mark Ellis sing? It's, it's a party starter. I'll tell you that much. Um, and I couldn't do it. And I backed away. I couldn't do it. And, and, and I think that was in my head. And that's been in my head. And I want to be better than that. Because we all have this overwhelmed feeling. We all have uh, this idea of, of are we truly ourselves? Are we truly ourselves? Or are we tied to the docks? And this is the story. This is the true story. I was out in our, our backyard this morning with our two dogs. Springtime is, co- is coming, right? And, and springtime is coming and a lot of the plants are uh, sprouting purple little pretty things. What are they called? Flowers? Petals? I don't know. And bees. We have a lot of bees in our backyard right now. And going back to my childhood where a lot of this story began, I grew up, like I don't love spiders, but I can, I'm, especially now I'm fine with them. <sighs> don't love snakes, but I don't have to run into a lot of snakes. That's just my pet snake, Reggie. Don't have to run into that. But bees, bees, as a kid, now I love honey, but as a kid, I was terrified of bees because I was told you must be careful. Bees will sting you. Now, I'll stop right here. If you are a character in a Macaulay Culkin film who is allergic to bees, I understand the caveat being bees are dangerous and you need to avoid them. Can we put that on the shelf? Let me just have this conversation with myself while you're watching or listening. It was a very specific fear. Not a, oh, I'm a, you ever seen someone afraid of the spider in the room and they freak out and maybe they run out. It's kind of comical, but at the same time, it's a phobia. I get it. It wasn't quite like that. But if I saw a bee, I scattered. I hid. I shrieked, not because 
bee phobia. But because what if I get stung? I could get hurt by this. Now, again, putting any allergies aside, just the idea of, of getting stung was the terror. Now, my mom and dad did a good job of warning me, you know, bees can hurt. Be careful. But along with everything else in my life, and I did have a lot of fear instilled into me. It's just how it happens. An environment thing more than a lesson thing. That bee thing stuck with me. I had a close call. I tell it like I fought in Nam. I was at a, at a camp or like a church picnic. It was like we were all camping. The whole church went out to the woods to, to praise Jesus, which again, probably where you want to praise Jesus the most. And I remember I took, I had a soda and I took a, it was like a Shasta back in the like early eighties Shastas. And I took a sip and I felt something and there was like a bunch of bees in there. Right. And I was like, I tell that story. Like I, like I fought in Nam. I survived the can of bees. Never got stung. But it, you talk about being terrified. Yeah. So it wasn't the bee. It wasn't that I found bees creepy or, you know, snakes or something. It was the fact that I could get hurt. And I never, never got stung. Now, as I got older, I wouldn't shriek and run away, you know, which is fine if you do. I wouldn't do that. But man, I'd avoid it. I, I have that little panic in my, I can't. And, it, and it's always this, I can't get stung. I've never been stung. I don't want to be stung. I don't know what that's like. I don't want to get stung. About a year and a half ago, in the backyard, uh, same time, probably around the same time, a year ago or so, had a hoodie on, and I went to go move a fence, and I hit uh, the trees. And, like, the hood caught the trees, and it scooped a poor bee just minding its own business. It's, it, it scooped it up and, and, and the bee was trapped in the hoodie and it found a target. My a target was my neck and it, it stung me. My whole life, I've avoided these bees. My whole life, I've run away from the fear of getting stung. Don't want that to happen to me. And I got stung. Kind of, ah, and I did the thing and I, I wish there was ring footage on the outside. It probably could have put it on TikTok and got a few million views of dumb men get scared of bees. But I felt the pain. I felt the pain and I felt that I pulled out the stinger. Get the poor bee. Probably lost his life just minding his own business and my dumb hoodie scoops it up. And I put some ice on it. I don't know, you know. And again, all due respect to people who are deathly allergic to bees. Within five minutes... I was fine. My life was fine. The stinger was out. Swelling was going down. And I was okay. I'm like 45. That, taking it to this, this morning, I was out there with the bees. There's a lot of bees. They're not just at the plants. They're on the ground. Our Chihuahua Francis is like chasing them. You know, trying to make sure she doesn't swallow them, but and I wasn't freaking out. <laughs> I wasn't shrieking, and I wasn't angling away like I would do. 
And it, it really dawned on me. That's all I was afraid of. Was getting hurt. And then once I got hurt, I realized I was okay. And now I'm not afraid of bees anymore. I had no problems with bees. I don't want you to sting me, but I, I don't want you to sting me because I don't want the bees to have to defend their life in that situation. So I'll, I'll give them the respect. I'm going to be careful with my hoodies under trees. But I was standing in front of this big bush with purple leaves. I'm going to have to look up what they're called. And there's so many bees, and we need bees. And bees, you see them dropping dead, and there's all these horror stories of what happens if we lose the bees. And again, I like honey. I was standing by this plant in our backyard, and it just, I, no fear of these bees. I was just afraid of the pain. And that so often drives you back in life. Drives you towards the dock where you're safely tied to the dock. You don't sail too far out simply because you don't know what will happen. That's the fear. The fear on the other side. I've gone through a lot of changes in my life the last couple of years. I mention them a lot here and that's part of the reason I have this show. Saturday Night Knapsack was a Satire-based comedic look at the at the voices in my head dealing with the toughest situations out there in life to try to comprehend, right? And I think for years I was ready to be this person. And again, I want to be clear. It's not just about the, the politics, the literal who you vote for, or what are your policy thoughts. It's It's none of that. It's none of that. It, it's not just specifically, you know, the social issues and my responses to it, all that. Though I have some thoughts on that. Might get to them here. No, the, the, the person I wanted to be was always buried deep inside. And it wasn't rebellion against my upbringing or rebellion against any beliefs put into my soul or instilled in me or sometimes instilled on me. Like, it's not that. I just remember that I would hear things, clips from shows, hear people talking. And it wasn't just simply, well, they might be, I don't want to hear that because they might challenge my views. Because sometimes in this day and age, it's okay to sometimes back away from the discourse because it's a, it's a different tone and tenor these days. But I, you know what I mean? Just in general in life, I would see a clip maybe a Daily Show clip or something. And I, could, I would start watching it and I would think to myself, I agree with that. I agree what this person is saying about a social issue, a political issue, a, a situation in life. But I can't go towards that. I can't become that. I can't even take some steps towards that to maybe see what's in it for me and maybe what I want to bring to the situation. We all have our own perspectives and ideas. And it wasn't that. I just, I just remember thinking, I can't, I can't do that. That's not me. That's not me. I, I, I don't dance and I don't vote that way. And I don't think that way. And I have these thoughts and, and these thoughts are from a very limited worldview and very limited uh, amount of experiences. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to sit over here. All right. And not listen to this and not change. 
And that's the fear. I talked about the bee and the fear of getting hurt, but that's the fear of you don't know what's on the other side. You're tied to the dock. You might get on the dance floor and the worst thing could happen. You might find that you're enjoying being on the dance floor. Worse than that, you might find that you're good at it. But I don't do that. I don't dance. I don't think those things about uh, certain social issues. I I don't. I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over here. It's all tied together in my soul. And I think I'm finally taking these big steps to move away from the dock in so many areas. But I'm still finding those moments when I'm tied to it. I'm still finding those moments where it springs up. Not just on a dance floor at a party, but sometimes on stage as a comic where I want to say certain things. I have bits planned that I want to get into. But I, I, I don't say it. I, I had some clips pulled. I've been putting these clips on my uh, YouTube page of shorts. Uh, started putting them on his reels. And I had some clipped out and I pulled back. I pulled back. I went back to the dock. because I da, 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 da. So I'm still struggling with it. I'm not, I don't ever... I don't ever speak on this show, especially when it comes to advice, to life advice, as someone who's got the answers. I'm just trying to figure out if what I'm feeling is possibly an answer. And maybe you might know. Maybe you might have that feeling with me. But I have started to become, I said it like this to a friend. I said it like this to an old friend who we're trying to bridge that gap. I am no longer the person I was, but I'm becoming the person I always wanted to be. And that's, that's something you got to push through, you got to push towards, and you got to get away from the dock. You got to overcome those fears. And those things I would see, it's amazing. Those clips, those shows. This came up on a shout out listener, Big Lou. Big Lou, was, he DM'd me. He's like, hey, have you watched, do you ever watch this show, The Newsroom? And I said, no, I didn't, specifically because... I would see some of the clips, you know, and it was a, it was an over-the-top Jeff Daniels giving these monologues and everything. I don't know the detail. You know, I'm not here to say everything was right. I'm just saying I'd see some of the clips, and in my head I'd think, oh, that feels right. That feels right. I got to get away because that might reflect who I truly am. And that would take a lot of work. That might take a lot of uh, sucking up of the pride. Maybe there's a shame attached to it. And I want to change, but I, I'm just going to stay over here if you don't mind and not dance. I'm thankful for the people that allow me to change over the course of time. I think I have some, uh, my perspective on change when it comes to, again, not just getting people to agree with you, but just to like hear you out, make the right, stand up for the right people, stand up at the right time. I, I, I think that can happen in a lot of ways, but I don't think it is mean tweets and I don't think it is FU videos and I, I don't think it is yelling at a friend until they get it. I don't think it is in the long term. But again, that's just my perspective. Some people might need to be in that donkey walking, uh, riding into Damascus and the, the light, boo! But for me, it was a long period of time and I had folks, friends of my life, Always been good at having folks around me that are not all like me, 
It's just become a little more difficult now because I believe there's a fight on in the world. And like I always say, I don't care about your uh, nuanced policy takes when the very existence of transgender people is being um, debated and put into danger by certain politicians and sides. You know, it's just not the time for it right now. But historically, historically, I've been the one at parties in the middle of a lot of different groups. And there's been so many people I'm thankful for over the years. They didn't bash me over the head. They didn't say, yeah, you need to sit down and watch this show. But when it was right, they said, you need to get out and dance. Hey, let me dance with you. I have a, a, a friend. I, move, I moved to L.A. Not a, not a negative thought in my uh, soul or heart or body about um, gay men. And I'm using the term that's specific, gay men, right? Um, bigger bigger community, especially now. We're more aware of that. But I'm talking gay men because I, I grew up like that was a thing, right, in the 80s. Even when like the AIDS crisis was exploding, um, it was the focus was on, I'm using a capital T, capital G, the gays. I was raised with that, right? I wasn't raised to hate. And that's key. I wasn't raised to hate. But the things I was raised to believe in Policies, politicians, systems certainly seemed like they were hating the gays. But, but I didn't. I just voted for people that supported things that did. And moved to L.A., bigger city, become friends with, are you ready, some gay men. I know. Little Kenny is in the real world now. And in the early 2000s, I forget the exact year, there was a ballot measure to uh, uh, regarding um, quote, again, quote unquote gay marriage. It's, that's a, just a general term that's uh, probably became more general than it, it should be, but you all know what I mean. And when that was on the ballot, that was the first time. The first time I really realized What I'm kind of feeling I'm supposed to vote, the way I'm supposed to vote, is not lining up with what I feel. And the reason I feel that is not because someone stuffed a brochure down my uh, throat, not because I saw a bumper sticker or some social media campaign, which, by the way, you should do that stuff because it's out there. It's, you see it, right? But I, the point is I never has been driving along and looked at a bumper sticker and gone, oh, that nails it. I'm voting that way. It's just never happened. It's part of it. It's a tapestry. That's what I'm saying. Don't do it. Every little thing might help. Find your place. Find your lane. But when I got to that back then voters box, actually in the voters box, when it came to simply looking at this uh, ballot and saying, do I support the idea of, again, Capital T, capital G, the gays getting married because I was raised at home. We, that's not a thing. We don't support that. Again, and I'm not saying specifically it wasn't my parents set me down. It's not that. It's just the era and the environment I was in. All right? Love them, but we don't, we don't allow that. And I'm fine, uh, you know, again, the overall, I don't, I don't look back and want to burn it all down. But I look back and I go, yeah, that's what kept me tied to the dock there. That's what kept me 
and it didn't sync up and it didn't feel right. Not about morals, but it didn't feel right. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if that's what I believe. I just don't know if that's what I believe. But I kept voting that way. And then you, you, I'd chip away at it. Well, I, you know, I think I don't think uh, uh, gays should get married. That's I don't think that's what God intended. Uh, God didn't tell me that, but but, but uh, civil partnerships is uh, sure that sounds great. You're chipping away. I couldn't make the floor. I, I kept I was tied to the dock. I wanted to get the dance floor. I wanted to do the karaoke, but even not. I don't do that. I don't do that. I just don't. I just don't do it. But what changed me, and again, this is not everyone's case. It doesn't need to be this way. I'm saying this is the way. But when I got to that ballot box, it was, it was the friendships I had. With one of my friends in particular, I used to work with uh, in comedy. And I remember, I remember specifically looking at, like, do I, what do I vote? Do I stay tied to the dock and vote? No, absolutely. Do not, do, do, do not. Destroy the sanctity of marriage. Do I stick with that? Or do I support the human being that I know? Who I love as a friend and I love as a brother and I love as, a, as, as just a, a person I look up to. And then my, my final thought was, you know what? Not only do I, I want him to be able to marry... Hot damn, if he doesn't invite me to the wedding, hot damn, if I'm not in the wedding, I'd be upset. That was me. That was the real me. And that change, that change took time. I've gone through a lot of these changes, particularly on the political side in the last couple of years, and it's, it's hard for people to grasp, and I don't have the way to understand it. Uh, way, way to, I don't have the way to explain it uh, the best way possible. Only thing I'll say is this. Only thing I'll say is this. It, it was not one particular person, Donald, Day, John, Donald J. Trump being elected. It was not one particular person, Donald J. Trump being elected. It, it was not um, one particular tragedy or incident, uh, say uh, the horrific murder, murder of George Floyd. It was not... Um, what we all experience in the world with the pandemic. It, it was not even watching, sitting there on January 6th and, and watching an insurrection in front of me and, and, and this is it, I'm, I'm mad and I can't take it anymore. That is not what changed me from, from one way of looking at the world to, to the other. It didn't happen like that. It happened over the course of time. It happened when the more and more I had these instances, these feelings in my heart of, I know... I say this is the side I, I've been in, uh, attached to. And again, I was, I was, I would identify as a conservative, uh, voted for uh, Bush and McCain and Romney. I was, that, that was, I was on, I was there. I was, that, that's the side I was on. And I still like McCain and Romney's Romney, you know, you know, you know. But that, that, what happened, man, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't one person. I did not look at Donald Trump in the White House and think, enough, or even running for it and think, enough. It wasn't him. It wasn't a specific incident. The world's full of 
bad people in power. The wor world is full of tragedies. The world is full of things we don't fully comprehend. There's, the world is full of complicated issues that deserve the conversations. How best do we come together and deal with it? That's, that's all the things we have to deal with. None of that changed me. And none of that changed me that fast. What it was is as these things started to happen in my life more and more, even going back to some of the things I was asked to vote for or about in the 2000s and on, even going back to the incidents I've mentioned before, Sandy Hook. The incidents happened, and then I, I would look at the people who I'm with and the way they reacted to them, the way they talked about it, the way they said Here's what we have to do, or here's what often we don't have to do. That's what changed me. It was uh, people sending me emails with, you know, Bible verses in the signature, because I got nothing wrong with the Bible verses. But you're sending me an email, and that's in your signature, or that's in your Twitter bio, some Bible verse that means a lot to you, and I bet it does. Telling me just, just you gotta, you gotta be like God. You gotta, you gotta have God's love in your heart. Oh, by the way, vote for the pussy grabber, please. He's been called by God. You, you're not going to church. You're not, go, you're not going to church. You gotta go to church. You gotta connect. You gotta help the community. You gotta be a light in the world. Uh, by the way, please don't tax us. Uh, by the way. Um, not everyone's allowed unless, uh, you know, just yeah, keep some away. Um, and please, again, vote for the pussy grabber. I'm, I'm trying to summarize 10, 15 years. And I can't. Not one person I knew in the law enforcement world was happy with the murder of George Floyd or thought it was a good thing. Every single one of them saw it and went, Duh. I remember thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might, we might have, we might have a real chance of change here. Shouldn't have to be this way, but maybe this is the way. But within a couple of days, every one of them held that line, that thin blue line, put that god awful flag on the cars, posting. Uh, Horrific things about the protesters. Equating those. And look, I'm not someone who says, always take the streets and burn it down. That ain't, that ain't my way. That ain't my way. Martin Luther King says, uh, riots are the, vo are, 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 are the voice of the unheard. Are we listening? I don't know. But my point is, in two or three days, all those people I knew who were like, ooh, that wasn't right. We're now siding with people who are going to do nothing about that. In fact, they were going to hold that up. You need us on that wall. So many of my friends in law enforcement are that way. Because it's horrible out there. Crime is real. Crime is a problem. Crime is... Crime is the byproduct of, of a, lot of, a lot of things going wrong in the world, right? There's a lot of different ways we might need to talk about fixing it. But the answer isn't um, 
give us more power to do what we want. Stop questioning the way we, which we keep you safe. Do not question it. Do not question us on why we are determining who is deserving of this horrible punishment that we do to keep you safe. Don't question us. Give us more power, please. We keep you safe. So it, it, it wasn't the, the murder that I, along with everyone, essentially witnessed. It wasn't that. It was within a couple of days the people I stood with were saying, no change is needed. And then on January 6th, it's no different than a BLM protest. And again, I'm not sitting here to say that every protest in the world, uh, the, at the ends justify the means, all that kind of stuff, right? But first of all, by the way, you know, especially when it was in Minnesota, bad actors moving into town, people from outside communities coming in to not be part of that community's uh, uh, voices, but to uh, work within it and destroy it. I'm not even talking about conspiracy theories of cops doing everything. I'm just saying that that's a lot of the people they arrested weren't from there, right? It came into town to take advantage of it because the world's that way. But what point of all this was, it wasn't any one of these incidents that changed me. It was that over the course of time, I looked at who I was standing with and I thought to myself, no, you know what? It ain't what I'm seeing out there. It's making me change. It's all you. I just don't want to be with you. Because you do not reflect me anymore. And I'm stepping away. That's been a long process of change. And I am thankful to the people in my life who pushed me when I needed to. Questioned me when I needed to be questioned. But never yanked on my arm and pulled me out on the dance floor. Never gave up on who I was as a person. They just interacted with me as a human. And I think that's all that we want. But fear can drive it. We all can be overwhelmed. We all can get into our little turtle shells. It's tough out there. And we do need each other. And I do think a lot of us need to change. A lot of us need to look out at the hurt and suffering in the world and say, what can we do? Small or not, how can we all get on that dance floor and overcome some fear? I think we'll take a break. I don't know anymore. Be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I get out of here, I truly, looking at my notes, I wrote bees. That's what I want to talk about today. Bees. <laughs> I just, this is all in my heart because 
I don't give a, a, a damn about nuanced conversations. I, I don't give a damn about policies in, in any of this stuff right now. I give a damn about people. And, and I just see a lot of people out there um, only choosing their people. Only choosing um, those they want around um, versus um, the greater good, the people. And then, and then what will get tossed at me? It will get fucking tossed at me. Probably by people I know more than people that are listening to me. Well, then, you know, so what are you saying? Why are you cutting people off from your life? I'm not cutting anyone off my, from my life. You have the right to say and choose what you want in this world. I have the right to either be around it or not. And, and there's too many, too many people I know They've just they're too tied to the dock, and I'm swimming. I don't want to swim with you anymore, but you're welcome to swim the way you want. And this day and age, do not confuse tolerance and kindness, pacifism. <laughs> this, this, this happens on Star Wars talk. Well, if the Jedi, you always talk about justice for the Jedi on Force Center, and... and <laughs> That Jedi, he killed that stormtrooper because if he didn't slice him down, you know, stormtrooper would have killed a bunch of innocents. Light stands in front of the dark. Balance is when no one uses the dark to overtake the light. And sometimes you need someone to stand in the middle. Okay, now I've lost it. Delete the last two minutes. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and I'm sad. The world's sad place. And we're all trying to find the light. We're all trying to find those little moments. All these people around me going through so many things. All these things I'm going through. All the things uh, going through. Uh, people I love are going through. It's just, man, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. And I think we can only control our next step. And sometimes it's okay if that step takes you to a couch to rest Takes you somewhere to recuperate. Takes you somewhere to not think about it. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. I keep thinking to myself, if I lost my sense of humor? I was starting to say this earlier. I picked up a thread I lost. The old TNF hotline episodes I used to do were fun. And I want to do them again. And I, and I want to do them and, and, and take silly questions. What's your favorite kind of honey? When I'm on Twitch, I love doing that kind of stuff. But the old stuff was so tied to the dock. The old stuff was uh, not dishonest. It just wasn't as open as you all thought. I kept it neutral kept it neutral because I like that. I want, and we're all going through this and that's part of it too. I do not care if you're the alt-rightiest of alt-right Republicans. You're still a human being that wakes up every day with a, a, a creak in your knee, a desire to have some fun, a, a job that you, you know, food, money, all these things you need. You want. You're a human being. So why can't you let other people be human beings is my other, one of my things. But 
I do like trying to find that, right? I like I do do like trying to find that connection. And it comes from it comes from neutral content. It comes from silly content. I want to make people laugh. But over the last year or so, I feel as though I've lost my sense of humor. Because none of it I don't know, none of it seems right at this moment in time. Maybe it will be again. And I just I do want to be you know, open to anyone that wants to listen to me. And I don't like it. I, you know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, there's long-time listeners and friends that are probably upset. They just have to turn it off, turn off the radio on me. Got it. But that's what I'm saying. A lot of this stuff was going on with me during some of the Knapsack Files days, but I wouldn't address it. Right? Like the fact that, the fact that I can tell you now I voted for Bush, McCain, and Romney, that's something I, I wouldn't say ever. And not because of ugh, shame. I just, you didn't need to know. It did not matter. It did not matter. I'm here to talk about my favorite hot dogs at 7-Eleven. You don't need to know. Keep the politics out of it. That was dishonest from me to you. Doesn't mean I don't want to have a conversation about 7-Eleven hot dogs. Doesn't mean I haven't done some things today that are pretty, pretty silly and stupid. I want to share them with you all. I just think anytime a mic is open right now, I, I can't ignore the bigger things going on. That's something that, that never used to be. So, to the person that asked about the TNF hotline, I would like to bring it back, but I'd like to bring it back as the blathering hotline. I want to do more stuff like this. And I want, by the way, I, I'm planning to do Clink Clink, the happy hour show finally. I'm going to work on some graphics this week and to go live. And it's going to be, you know, probably more silly and stupid. I hope because I want to find some of my sense of humor back. Uh, I want to return it to me. I want that, that was a weird sentence. I want to find my sense of humor out in the wild and bring it back home. How about that? Because I think we all do need that. But I'm never going to shy away from what I feel. The base level feeling I have. That empathy better be at the forefront of your mind. And we just don't get to hang out no much. No much anymore. I think I need to stop because I can barely talk. I still got a lot of work to do tonight. That's not a great way to end this <laughs> end the show. This is the blathering. It's me. It's raw. It's stupid. It's pointless. It's off the cuff. Sometimes it hurts. But that's life. We'll see you next time on the blathering. Mm-hmm.